I'm really delighted to be here. Um, I think it is uh, uh, a common expectation from people coming to speak to at different churches to say this, uh, but I'm not saying this because of what is expected of me. I'm really saying this because I am delighted to be here. Um, I love this church. I love the people. Uh, I love sharing the Word of God, especially when God is present and God is doing something. We, want, we all want to take part from that because that's how Christian life um, gets strengthened by seeing the testimony of the, the hand of God work something among our, our, our fellowship here. So I'm really happy and delighted to be here. And uh, additionally, I have some friends that are here, families that are here to visit, and I, I thank you for that, for supporting, for praying for me, uh, for um, just being an encouragement to the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know how many of you guys have uh, invited uh, your friends to come and participate today, because last week I made that uh, a little bit of, uh, uh, well, last week it was a request, but this week it will be a demand. So, please invite people. This is how the kingdom of God gets bigger. This is how we conquer. It is not only for us to share and enjoy the presence of the Lord, but just as we are planning to share what we have material things with people, the highest priority is to share with people the spiritual needs. So I, I really encourage you to continue to invite people, not because I'm here in preaching, though it will add a little bit of something to, have, uh, to invite people while guest, guest speakers are, are speaking, because I'll give you a little reason to, to have a conversation with people. Look, somebody new is coming at my church. Would you come visit? So please do that, and uh, let's see what the Lord will do for the next few weeks. Um, this morning, I, I am really excited to share this word with you. But before I start, I just want to have a time of prayer. But as we are going into that time of prayer, I just want to mention something to you because it includes what I, I, I believe will happen and what I would like to pre, uh, pray about. Uh, and, and that thing is that there is a certain risk involved in coming to church. Uh, I think recently that's one thing that we have lost in coming to church. Because what is happening in the church has been transferred over to people that are sitting on the pew in controlling the environment. Please don't get this wrong. I'm not talking about uh, church uh, structure. I'm just talking about what I have observed and what the Holy Spirit has been ministering to me. So, um, the risk that needs to be involved in coming to church is that we're coming into the house of the Lord. When we're coming into the house of the Lord, He is the one who is determining what to do. Okay, it's not us. It is not our feelings, it's not our needs, it's not our uh, political persuasion that determines the environment of the church. We come in the presence of the Almighty God. He is the one who determines what to do. That's why I say there is some risk involved. And I just want to make that clear to everyone here in, in agreement. We, we will go into prayer. Because without that, I don't think we can gain anything out of it. I don't, I don't want this session to be something that I have received from the Lord and transferred over to you. And the connection between me and you will be just a, an, an intellectual exercise where we know, okay, now I have a few Bible verses. I know how these verses fit together. That, that's not why we're here. We're here to allow the Holy Spirit to work. To, to give people an opportunity to connect with the Almighty God. So we're drawing from the power of the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ as we enter into this place. So when we pray, I, I again will remind you, even today there is a risk involved because he will minister to you according to his will. Hallelujah. Praise God. So it, that's what I want to pray. I really want to pray and ask the Lord, every border of this church will be under his control. 
So anyone who is in here is taking a risk. But it is a good risk because we're just saying that he's a good father. So that's how I would like to begin today's ministry. Because we are also going into, into the ministry of faith today as we laid out our five weeks. So faith involves that risk. To accept and say that, Lord, whatever you have for me is good enough for me. And I want to enter into that without any reservation. Hallelujah. Are you all on board? Okay, let's stand up and have a minute of prayer here before we, we um, get into the word of God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. First of all, we acknowledge that you are a powerful God. Nothing of our problems are too big for you. Lord, I don't care what it is in this building that your people are struggling with. Recently, cancer has been a, a fearful name. But with you, Lord, that is nothing. Your power is present to heal. Your power is present to change hard hearts. Lord, your, your power is present to, to refresh and restore marriages today. Hallelujah. Lord, your power is in this building. That's why we came. This is a community that is seeking your presence, Lord. Seeking your will. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I declare over this building, every border, every area of this sanctuary, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, let it be under your control. Lord, let it be under your control. Do what you see fit in our lives, Lord, and we will be satisfied with that. Lord, we come against every demonic spirit, every hindrance of the work of the Holy Spirit, whether it be in the mind of your people or in the environment, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we come against it. We break every bondage in this building, Lord, because you've given us authority to speak over our enemy. Any intruder in the life of your people, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we come to you and we plead with you. We just sang, there is power in your blood. Wonder-working power. That's what we're hungry for, Lord. Meet up with us. Lord, every sickness, that is uh, attracting our attention and taking our attention from you, the beautiful Jesus. Lord, we, we, we command it by your power to dissolve. Lord Jesus, we just want to behold you because as we do that, we get transformed into your image. Lord, we love you. Give me energy to speak, Lord. Give me that anointing, the fullness of your word. Not my, my, not my weakness, Lord. Not, not my, my um, um, shortcomings. Cover me, Lord. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Let your mind be spoken on this place today. And your people leaving from here can testify that they've been with you. Lord, we love you. In Jesus, our Lord's name, amen. Be seated, please. Last week, if you remember, we, we picked two verses from the story of Samson, and we sandwiched them on uh, either side of our, uh, the word that we're speaking about. And uh, on one side, we, we picked it up from uh, uh, Judges chapter 16, verse 6. I'm not going to ask you to turn there because this is just a, a, a setup or a background for us to go into today's ministry. So on that one part... Uh, Delilah is asking Samson how, uh, what the, the, the secret of, uh, of uh, um, binding him or getting him to become a normal Christian. You remember last week we talked about that. And we talked about the mind of a normal Christian. What a normal Christian looks like in the book of Samson, uh, in, the, in the book of Judges, in the story of Samson, is that... Um, when, whenever we are faced with difficulties, whenever we are faced with the system of the world, the, the demonic uh, uh, working of uh, the, the, this world, then a, a normal Christian would think like, this is the will of God. I'm not going to fight this. I'm just going to accept it. It's just my lot in life. 
Okay, the super Christians that is uh, um, displayed by the life of Samson goes beyond that. It says that the, the lion has already been conquered. The enemy has already been conquered. The reason why, uh, because of that, then I am ready to receive what God has for me. I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to bow down for what is coming my way. I can overcome this thing. That is a super Christian's mindset. Okay, that's what God is expecting his church to rise up to. It's to say that this is not in the will of God for me. Therefore, I will fight. There is an intruder here. There is an enemy activity in this, in this uh, um, whatever uh, problem that you're facing. So that is what we're, we're looking at. These are the two uh, areas that the book of Samson will want us to, to watch out for and is stay in the middle path. I don't know if any of you practice DBT, dialectic behavioral therapy, and one of the things that they teach you is the wise mind. That means there is a, 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 a logical mind, there is an emotional mind, if you are in the emotional mind side, then you are always driven by your emotion. If you're on a logical side, you have that black and white idea of, of seeing things. So you always get in trouble when you are walking on these two peripheral areas. So they want you to come in the middle in the wise mind, which is a mixture of the, uh, the, the emotional mind in the logical mind. So what we're seeing as a victorious Christian life is that middle ground, that wise mind. But this wisdom is coming from the Lord. It is not coming from DBT. Hallelujah. <laughs> so this middle ground is what we're, we're exploring over these four weeks as we're staying together. Today we're coming to faith. Samson's faith or the walk of faith is the middle ground. That gives you a victorious life. So based on that, I'm going to give you four ideas I did four last week, so I'm going to stick to four points so that it'll be very simple for all of us to, to grasp it. This week, as we are exploring the faith of Samson, I want to give you on the first part the background of his faith. The background of his faith is that it, it was captured. Samson's faith is flowing out of his relationship with his God. And this is indicated in the story of Samson by his hair, the Nazarite hair. The angel of the Lord, when he came to the family of Samson, the first thing they said was that protect yourself, protect the womb while you are carrying the baby for the nine months. You have to stay away from any alcoholic drink, which is indicative in the Old Testament of uh, straying away from God's will. All right? So, but once the baby is born, no blade will touch his hair, no haircuts. All right? That's the indication that Samson is having the right relationship with our Lord Jesus or God in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. That is the Holy Spirit's presence for Samson. So every faith that Samson was uh, projecting from life came from that relationship. When the relationship was threatened, that's when he started losing power. I don't know how many of you are familiar with the story of Samson. I mean, we're not talking about a normal power here. All right, this guy was just a beast. Remember one time that they locked him in the, in the city, and the, you know, in those days that you know, cities had a city gate, and they closed the gate, and they said, we got Samson. It was an easy task for Samson. He came with his shoulder under the city post, and he, he, he picked up the entire gate and took it with him. We're talking about an unbinded strength and total power residing in Samson. That is... The story is not telling us how great people can become. The story is telling us that that super-Christian life cannot be bound by anything. Come on, church, I want you to help me on this one. 
you got to believe this. It's, it's, we are removed from this faith generation. If you go in the book of Hebrews, the main thing in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 is that by faith. Okay? All the God's people, the, the, uh, I can't say that word, so I don't want to try it. Uh, patri- patriarch? All right, so you know it. So the, the fathers of faith, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they were testified about them because of faith. Nothing else. It's not the wealth. It is not the bloodline. It has nothing to do with that. Those people were picked from billions of people and isolated and put for us in the Bible because of testimony of faith. Can you imagine what that means? That means that we can be one of those people because all it takes is faith. So this is how the Bible puts it for us. I mean, in in the book of James, I got to be careful to, to stay on the line. In the book of James... Chapter 5, the Bible says that Elijah was just like us. He was just like a man. But what did he do? He turned up and he said, for three and a half years, it's not going to rain. And the Lord heard him. Now when we preach about Elijah's prayer, everybody thinks that Elijah is a superman. But James came back and said, Elijah was just a man like us, with the same weakness. But what what is the power that did that? It's faith. It is faith. So as we are coming back into that, uh, that environment of faith, I want you to understand this. That's why I'm giving you the background. When Samson knew that there was a a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what he was bound with. Please understand God's people. Let me repeat this. No matter what they used on him. He even said that, you know, try me with new set of robes. I mean, this this is amazing. It's not like rotten... 10 years, 15 years old rope where we, we could even say, I, I could try that. Samson said, brand new, bring it, tie me. As long as I have this right relationship, you could never bind me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is a glorious message that the church of Jesus Christ has. With what power do we engage the world? How do we go out in our generation? I mean, that's why everyone in the church is like, I don't know what to do. I, I listen to the news. I see what chaotic uh, you know, condition the world is in. But I don't know what to do. Because we've never moved into that environment. Imagine showing CNN to Samson. Samson would say, come on, let's do something. You see, this is what spirit needs to be in the church. With our Lord, everything is possible. Hallelujah. Everything is possible. So how do we get there? How do we get out of the trickery of uh, Delilah and retain our super-Christian status? Are you interested in knowing that? You see, this is where we're going. Number two. Let's go into Samson's faith, and then um, I, I, I want to show you a couple of things. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 4, quickly, if you have your Bibles. Otherwise, I'll read it, jot it down for sake of time. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 4. This is a good message for people, many people in here. Don't be afraid, for you will not be put to shame. Don't be intimidated, for you will not be humiliated. You will, you will forget about the shame you experienced in your youth. You will no longer remember the disgrace of your abundant... Ah! 
Hallelujah. The message is do not fear. What is causing you fear? It is something challenging in your life. You know that you're not able to control it. It is outside of your control. That is what causes fear. We adults are not fearful about uh, children's uh, problem because we know how to handle them. But when it is our side, then we start saying, I don't know if the Lord will take care of this. So in Isaiah, he's saying that as long as you are sure about your relationship with the Lord, do not fear. Hallelujah. Do not fear. Don't let that fear grip of your heart. Don't fall under that. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 8. We're connecting it to that relationship that he had. They will be like a tree planted near a stream whose roots spread out towards the water. It has nothing to fear when the heat comes. I want you to repeat this with me, please. It has nothing to fear when the heat It is not particularly talking about a tree. Who's that tree? Believers. Believers, us. What is the heat that is coming? Challenges in life. Challenges in life. When they come, because of how the root is sent out to the water, that tree is careless about what is happening. Hallelujah. Praise God. The dependence of that tree is how well it is rooted down all the way to the stream of water. So the external heat is not going to affect it because of how the access is way down there. So Samson's life is as long as I have that connection in my hair. The significance of my connection, the presence of the anointing of the Lord Jesus through the Holy Spirit is on my life. I am not going to fear what the Philistines have to bring against me. I'm going to take you into the the soil of faith, and we're going to pray here tonight. But I just want you to see that it is possible. How many here believe that Samson was a common man? Just a man like us. What made Samson different was the presence of the Lord, not the gene type in Samson. As long as we believe that, we can go into the next two steps. That means that the Lord Jesus can do the same thing for this church right here. That power, even today as we pray, as we coming together to request from the Lord, or even as individually we're expressing to the Lord about our Philistines in our lives, please believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is going to impart his power to you because you have the right relationship to overcome. But let me go into the third point here. The importance of faith. And I want to dwell on this one a little bit, and I want, to, I want you to understand where I'm coming from, because it's, it's very easy in the Western churches to be offended about, about the structure of a church. I don't know why, but people get offended. And I think that hinders the Holy Spirit from communicating to us the shortcoming of our churches so we can fix it and move forward. We think that people are, are making those things up and, and speaking against our churches or we're, we're targeting a, a certain system of thinking. That's not what we're doing. So I really want you to grasp this from, from the Lord Jesus, not from me. Okay? Let's go into turn your, your, your Bible to Luke chapter 4. And in fact, even in the story that we're going to read, the, the, the Jews were offended at Jesus because of what he said. 
So there is a potential that you might, you might get offended, but please, I pray for the Holy Spirit's control in this place. Luke chapter 4, let's start from verse 25. But I say to you in truth, there are many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah. What is Israel? Come on, talk to me. It's a church. It's, it's, it's God's people. It is not a location. It is not a geographic location that he's referring to, even though that includes that's where God's people live. Jesus is saying in Israel, in God's own people, among his own people, meaning that among the church today, if we were to take this and apply it to Gateway Church, there were some or many widows, needy people at Gateway Church. Do you say amen to that? It is the truth, isn't it? There are many needy people. And Elijah is a representative of the kingdom of God. He's a prophet. He speaks the mind of the king to the kingdom subjects. So look what Jesus is, is connecting. Okay, the means of God's healing was present because Elijah was there. And God's kingdom subjects were there because Israel was there. And need among God's people was there because widows were there. Are you tracking with me? This is very important to understand. So God is concerned about his people. There is need among his people. His means of doing work among his people was also present. Elijah was there. Let's continue reading. When the sky was shut up for three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land, and yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Are you, are you, are you getting this? Let me repeat this. Israel was present, God's people. Need was present among God's people. God's power was present through Elijah to heal the need of his people. But God, instead of doing the healing of his own people, he would send his representative to non-believers, to Sidon. And the people listening to Jesus said, What? What are you saying? How could God do that? Where are his people? Sidon? All right, let's bring it to our, let's bring it home. It's just like saying we are here every Sunday praying, but the people that are using or getting healed are people, the non-believers. <laughs> I'm trying to make the case for the importance of faith. And if, 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 as if this was not enough, look what Jesus said. Let's, let's continue. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them were cleansed but only Naaman the Syrian. That's amazing. Guys, this is amazing. This is why the church is losing out. We have all this system in place, but we never partake from what is there to take. What is happening? Why is God sending Elijah to Sidon, Elisha to Syria, or a Syrian Naaman to Elisha? Why? Because they were responding by faith. So instead of saving a widow from Israel, which she might have said, uh, Elijah, you? Really? No, man. I can't do this. I know you. I know your ancestors. I know your people. I want to eat and die rather than give it to you. But the widow in Zarephath, she didn't say that. Elijah came to her and said, don't eat it. Bring the bread first to me. And she said, if I'm dying anyways, I might as well take the risk. Hallelujah! 
Glorious. This, this is what we're talking about. So instead of reacting by faith to the Word of God, we would, have, we would process it logically. This is Pastor Amenti standing here. How, what is, how, how is it different from... In, you lose out. You lose out. Widows who believe reap the benefit of the kingdom. Are you here tonight? I hope you're not offended. But they were. They were offended at Jesus and said, Jesus said, I mean, the fact remains the fact. It doesn't matter if you're offended or not. Because you're not reacting. You're not responding from faith. Faith is important. It is not attendance in the church. You may not come back next week. <laughs> God is not indebted for people of Israel. If you go and read Hebrews chapter 4, the same people that he promised them the promised land and took them out of Egypt to the same or against the same people, he got mad and said that you will never enter the rest. Why? They stopped responding by faith. They started saying, God, we have a man. He came and got us from Egypt. He, now he, he's got to carry us. He said, no, 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 you will die in the wilderness. Book of Samson, guys. So, look, look, okay, let me read you. Show me the, the, the clock. I don't want to go over. Okay, all right. <laughs> Matthew chapter 8, quickly, 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 please. This is good. Any agreement? No? No? Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate that. Appreciate it. Two people, I appreciate it. I'll preach to you too and then. Matthew 8, 11 to 12. Okay. Whatever I describe now was put in, in a nutshell for us in, 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 in chapter 8. Look, listen to this. If you're there, can you say amen? amen? Matthew 8, 11 and 12. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out. Is it a red letter in your Bible? Okay, you confirm that it was not a mentee's word. Thank you. I rest the case. You see what Jesus is saying? People that can respond by faith can come from east and west and partake from the kingdom while the kingdom subjects, people that were meant to to partake and enjoy the benefit of the kingdom will cast out. That's tough. That's tough. That's why we're losing. Church is shrinking. People sitting in the church are saying, well, what benefit is there then? Because we don't teach them this environment of faith. We don't reach in and then get our, our benefits. That widow did. Naaman did. Naaman, after getting cleansed from, the, from, from his leprosy, he said that, please give me the dirt of this, this country. Let me take it over to my country. Because the true God resides in Israel. Was that true for the Israelites? <laughs> Guys, I mean, this is, this is what it is when we're coming to church. In my burden in, in, in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ is this. At the end, I really want to, to bring things together for you because um, um, I couldn't find a magnifying glass, but um, I, I was so busy this week. I think I could have gotten, picked it up from a dollar store. But when you were children, if you remember, we would hold a magnifying glass between the sun and just a material of some sort, combustible material, paper or something like that. What you're doing is that the vast uh, energy of the sun dispersed to give you heat, now through that magnifying glass, be concentrated into that material you're trying to burn. Whether it be skin of a person, mischievous kids will do that. 
Not in the church. You see what I'm saying? So what is the magnifying glass serve? It serves to make that dispersed energy be concentrated. One focal point. When you come to church and I hold up a need of a church. Guys, we have this need right here. In fact, what I'm doing is that I'm providing you a spiritual magnifying glass. That's what I'm doing as a church leader. I'm saying that you send your faith, you send your faith, you send your faith. Let's use that magnifying glass in, 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 in the middle and then concentrate and hit this need with our faith. That's what we're doing in the church. If you come here and sit there and say, I, I know I don't like that preach, yeah. We can't do anything. We can't do anything. Churches are meant to, to, to serve as that magnifying class. So what I always like is, you know, for people to come forward and say, I, I have a need. Because of that need, everybody will extend our faith. And it's not about me. It's about me- meeting the need of that person standing at the, at the front. So we're generating everything and say, God, I'm believing you. You remember the four guys that brought the, the uh, paralytic to Jesus? And then they, they took off the roof and then they landed him. They look, naturally, the way we process is that Jesus would look at the, the paralytic that was dropped. I mean, the dramatic entrance. But Jesus did not focus on the guy. He looked at the roof and he said, he observed the faith of the four. Are you here tonight? Hallelujah. He looked at the people and said, Hey man, your sins are forgiven. Now you can walk home. Why? The faith was concentrated on carrying that paralytic to bring to you. Jesus was impressed. Today the church is so divided, you don't care unless the preaching particularly came to your, to, to your environment. But that's not church. We're catering individually to you. I mean, that's not, we can't do that. We're entering into faith-releasing process as a family. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I'm... I'm Concluding, okay? I appreciate the freedom here. Hebrews eleven six. Can you can we read all the whoever every translation you have? If you have your Bibles and you're there, let's read it together. I'll count. If you're ready, one, two, and three. You know what the Greek word for impossible is? Impossible. <laughs> it is what? Impossible to please God. It is not the social service we do that impresses God. Although we have to do it. The Holy Spirit is hovering over us looking for a person of faith. That's what he's seeking. It's like heat-seeking missile. I mean, he is attracted to faith. He comes into the heart of every individual and says he's searching for faith. Whenever he sees faith, it doesn't matter if your, your body structure is not fit for the task. He'll say, I'll come and empower you. Because you have faith. You have faith. It is impossible to please the Lord without faith. I don't know how many of you believe that, but it is the truth. If we don't please the Lord, then there's no, nothing beneficiary from exercising this. It's got to be faith. All right, my fourth and last, the journey of faith. Then how do we get there? 
Let me give you three quick ones, and then I'll finish with that. The first one is the soil of faith. This, please understand this, the soil of faith. If you have your Bibles, and then um, quickly, Hebrews chapter 10. All of our readings, the three readings are from the Hebrews, so stay there. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, quickly. Let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. How? Having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Do you remember what we talked about last week? What was the first power of a Christian that we discussed? It is righteousness. You remember that? So the soil of faith according to Hebrews, is that righteousness you received from the Lord Jesus. You see, this connection is very important. People, in time of need, they want to generate faith. But they never worked on the condition that generates faith. The soil is weedy. The soil is rocky. That righteousness has not been experience that the conscious has not been cleansed by righteousness of the Lord Jesus. People hold on to things in their life. And the time comes and they say, Lord, I, I don't know what I'm... Blah, blah, blah. No wonder faith is not coming. So we got to work on the soil. We got to continuously... Deliver to people the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It is him, not us. The blood of Jesus. Whew. There is wonder-working power in the blood. Because it cleanses you and then prepares the soil to, to, to produce faith. Okay, the second. Quickly. The understanding of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Quickly. 11, 3. By faith, we understand that the world, uh, worlds were prepared by the word of God. I mean, this is amazing, guys. Listen to this. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. You see the understanding of faith? All right. If you have your science cap on, I, I, I can't help you here. <laughs> I, I, I'm just telling you what the Word of God tells us. You look at the world, and according to Hebrews, it should inform you of a certain thing about God. One of the things is that this visible world that billions of people dwell on was once invisible. That's an understanding of faith. It's a process of faith. Okay, this is not a debate. Well, who, who are those science guys? Uh, Na, uh, Bill Nye and who's the other guy? Who's the Christian guy? Okay, this is not the debate that they're having. God is not informing us of scientific facts. He's telling us, he's building our faith for us. So now when you're in trouble and you see difficulty, he wants you to apply the same principle. I may not see resources here, but remember the world was once invisible. Come on, church, hallelujah. Come on, church. So the God who spoke into invisibility and brought the visible world could do the same thing with my problem right here. You see that? Now all of a sudden your God is big. Things are coming together. Ah, I don't know how many times I leaned on this verse right here. I see need that is massive, and I say to God, God, if you call the world out of nothingness, how easy is it for you to call 100,000, 200,000 debt? For God is good. What are you wrestling with? 
God brings people from invisible things from invisibility. He's not, he's, he's not wondering about what to do. He calls them out. What are your needs today? Third, finish. The journey of faith. All right, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. My last verse. Hebrews 6, 12. Let's finish with this. So that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Could you help me and say that I am this person right here? Come on, read your Bible and say, I am this person. I am not going to be a sluggish person. I am the person that will, through faith and patience, inherit the promise. Talk to yourself. Come on, come on. I'll give you permission. You know, therapists will call you crazy, but I'll give you permission. Talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Say to yourself, I am going to inherit the promise of the Lord. Through faith and patience, I'm going to wait because I know Hallelujah. Churches will start taking off when we are that bold in the presence of the Lord. And we know what we're saying. We know what we're doing. Now we're providing the soil to the Lord and we're saying, Lord, we're climbing up with you. It doesn't matter what it takes. Bind us with anything. We'll have the right relationship with our Lord and we'll start taking off. Gateway, it's a season of refreshment. Hallelujah. It's a season. I've been saying this. The Lord has been talking, speaking to you guys. And I believe that he's bringing rain over this church. Hallelujah. God is doing a mighty work here. Why? He only wants people to respond to him in faith. Look at the empty chairs and speak over these chairs. Don't count heads and say, we're doing okay. I mean, we're still having. That's not it. This, this, this place should be crowded. Where I come from, people listen over the, 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 the window just to hear the word of God. There's no place inside. I live next to the church, just a handrail of a few, few hundred yards. By the time I get to church, people from two hours walk would have filled the church and would be standing outside through the window and listening to, to, to the word of God. Why? Because the church was taking off. It, it was practicing faith. We had the power of God manifesting who God is. Hallelujah. I don't think God is bound because he's in America. How mighty God wants to do something. But we got to have that soil prepared. The righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come under the blood of Jesus and see what he can do for you. Our God is a mighty God, guys. And he says in the scriptures, because of you, my name is spoken of badly in the world. Who could ever see God and still say bad things about him? No one. But they're looking at his church as we're walking crippled. And they're calling our God bad names because of how we I'm asking you I'm challenging you the next few days especially next week please show up we're talking about prayer when we're going to shake the world through our prayer because God is able to do things on our behalf we don't want to be that like those widows that have the name of Israelite but has no account in the God of Israel no transaction with their God whatsoever. But it is just a name. You don't want to be that, do you? Can you respond with faith to, to, to the Lord Jesus Christ? And stand and pray. Hallelujah. Eyes closed. We're going to have a moment with our God here. If you're in a hurry, please, slightly, slowly you can sneak out. This is not going to be a long time. I just want to take a moment here. Lord, we thank you. 
for the truth that has gone out. How many can say that the Lord has spoken to me today and I want to respond by faith? Show me your hands, please. If you, I don't want to be a sluggish anymore. I don't want to lose out. I'm in the church. I've lived in the church all my life. My parents were in the church. This is generational business. We come to the church. But the Naamans are getting the benefit of the kingdom. The widow of Zarephath is reaping the benefit of the kingdom. But not me. Lord, I want that to change. Rama Gandos. Hallelujah. You know how delightful I am in the Lord today? Oh, my goodness. Because he's raising up people in this place. God is, God is moving mightily in this place. Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. All, all across the auditorium. Lord, your mighty power is moving right at this moment. Faith is being birthed. We're not normal people. Never. We're higher than normal because we have you. Lord, your provision will start flowing towards us, our families, reclaiming. Lord, things will change in our lives in this place. Hallelujah. One, one last prayer, because I'm, 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 the Holy Spirit is pushing me towards this. Again, last week I mentioned this, but I want to take a different direction at it. How many will say that my heart is really troubling me because I don't have that conscious? My conscience is not settled. I carry life's baggage with me. So when it comes to producing faith, I lack in that area. Quietly, if you slip your hands up, God bless you, I see that. God bless you, I see that. I see that. This is the biggest trouble in the church. Heart is not responding. So we ask the Lord Jesus Christ to wash these people. Remember, we're releasing our faith. The rest of you who are, who, who are not being troubled by this, would you help? Release your faith to people who have just showed their hands up. I, I, I tell you that there will be change in their life. I, I will tell you, I, oh, hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I ask you, nothing is impossible to you. Would you touch those hearts, Lord? In the mighty name of Jesus, let them drop the baggage of the world. Lord, every hurt from back when. Lord, injured spirit, injured heart. Would you mend it? Hallelujah, Holy Spirit, we thank you. Those hearts will start producing faith. Life will be lived in a different dimension from today on.